So um, junior hires, you're probably wondering two things. Can he see me from down there? Yes. Uh, and the second thing you're wondering, will he call me by name if I'm talking? Yes, I also will call you by name. Just want to get that out of the way. I love you. Um, seriously, thank you. Thank you for um, the love. Thank you for allowing me to pour into um, your students' lives. I, I didn't get to say this um, first service, but obviously a lot of you parents are here, as I could see. Um, thank you. Uh, I know I've said it before, but thank you. Thank you. Um, it's something that will live with me for the rest of my life, and I thank God that he gave me the opportunity to do it. And then thank you also for allowing me to share with you this morning. Um, the title of this morning's message is Kingdom Inheritance. Now, in, in the last seven weeks, we've discovered what it means to be kingdom kids. We've been able to rejoice in the fact that no longer do we identify with who we were, but instead who we are in the house of our Father. Today, we'll continue our series by seeing what we've received from our Father— a glorious and lasting inheritance. An inheritance that was planned long ago by God according to his perfect will. And if you don't mind following along with me this morning, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 11 says, In him we have also received an inheritance because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. Let's pray. Thank you, God. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for this blessing. But above all, thank you, God, that you reveal your word to us. Thank you that you speak into our lives, into our hearts, and into our minds. And thank you that you've allowed us and you allow us to respond. And so I pray once again this morning, God, open up our ears to hear. Open up our hearts and our minds to understand what it is that you're saying and speaking to us. And I pray, God, that it wouldn't be me, that it would be you, Holy Spirit, speaking through me, and that your words would speak into each and every one of us. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you've done. And thank you for what you're continuing to do. We thank you, Lord. Amen. So, I don't know if you guys know this, but, I mean, I was born... And fortunate, loving home, blessed with an amazing family that was led by a God-honoring father. And on top of that, my father is and was a pastor and was throughout my whole childhood. I, and I was the stereotypical pastor's kid. And my mom and dad were the all-too-patient parents. Now, as tough as it was to be the pastor's kid in church— because of the various eyes on me, the expectation to be the best-behaved kid, and anything bad that I did was magnified, there was still this sense of honor, and dare I say privilege, that came with being the pastor's kid. Now, one thing I specifically remember about the privilege was the food. (laughs) We went to church three times a week, and every church service not only ended with worship— but it also ended with a meal afterwards. Now, since my mom and dad were always busy after every gathering, it was just basically assumed that my siblings and I could go get food in line and get served food for free. Now, to be honest, it wasn't that big of a deal. But for me, at that age, it meant that I was a pastor's kid. (laughs) 
Now, as misplaced as my sense of pride in being able to get free food was, I still felt a sense of honor. What was of my father's house was also mine. Now, there may be some of us that feel this way about our parents. Maybe because of their status in the community. Maybe because of the careers that they've established. Or simply because what they had, always, what they had was always available to each and every one of us. Now, only a few of us are fortunate enough to have inherited or stand to inherit what they have worked for. We receive because of how they worked or what they saved. But for the most of us, we know that inheritance isn't really something that we should base our future on. We don't expect it and we don't lead our lives banking on what we will inherit. So when we read here in verse 11, it might not really stand out to us when we read this scripture. Maybe we even relegate it to something that will happen much later in eternity. And although in, in one sense that is true, it's only partly true. See, there's so much significance for the kingdom kid when we read verse 11, and it speaks of our inheritance. So what is inheritance? We probably have a, an understanding in our culture nowadays that's simply stated, it's something that is given to us by someone else. Normally, an inheritance isn't something that you earn. You don't necessarily have to deserve it when it's given or handed over to you. And typically, it comes from someone we know or have a connection with. And also, very sadly, we've also come to understand inheritance as something that someone gives us upon and after their death. But when we read verse 11 in our passage this morning. When Paul speaks of inheritance here, he's talking about the old Roman concept of inheritance. See, Roman law stated it this way, that the moment a child was born, he was his father's heir. Meaning, during the life of the father, there was co-ownership between father and son. Here you would see a sense of sharing and togetherness. What was of the father's house also belonged to the child. So then the next question that we must ask ourselves is this. Why is this important for a kingdom kid? Well, because as his kids, we are also his heirs, his inheritors, what is of our Father's house is also ours. See, we benefit from our inheritance the moment we became his children. Our passage actually says that we received an inheritance. As his kingdom children, we get to experience presently what we will experience fully in the future. And we can rejoice in this inheritance. See, this isn't something we gloss over because we feel that we don't understand what it means. Or perhaps because we have a basic understanding of inheritance and so we cruise over verse 11. And it's not just our thought process that we have of what we think inheritance is. In other words, it's not just big, man big mansions, a, a, a cloud to call our own, 
It's also not the coolest crowns that we get in heaven. See, it goes beyond the material images that you and I can dream of. So what is our inheritance then? What is it that Paul is speaking about here? What is it that God bestows upon his heirs, his children? Well, this morning, we're going to go over four things in which our inheritance is. And the first one is the benefits of salvation. The first inheritance is benefits of salvation. In other words, election, adoption, sanctification, redemption, freedom, forgiveness, wisdom, and understanding. It's exactly what we've been going over in verses 3 through 8 here in Ephesians chapter 1. See, we have inherited the benefits of salvation. And although these will unfold throughout our lifetime, we are able to experience them now, today, presently. See, our daily mindset as God's children, as his heirs, is set upon the fact that we are forgiven and free. And that doesn't simply happen tomorrow or the next day. It happens today. It's something that we could experience right now. We don't have to wake up tomorrow morning and wonder how we can earn freedom from our Father. It's not something that we have to look towards to earn. See, as his children, through his beloved son, we have already inherited this from God. The second thing that we find as an inheritance is the world or or the nations. Psalm 24, 1 says it this way, The earth and everything in it, the world and its inhabitants, belong to the Lord. It's the Lord's. As his inheritors, it is ours as well. We also see this again in the, in the book of Psalms when David sings and prophesies about Jesus in chapter 2. He says, I will declare the Lord's decree, he said to me. You are my son. Today I have become your father. Ask of me and I will make the nations your inheritance and the ends of the earth your possession. See, as it is for Christ, then we too will inherit the nation as fellow heirs. Christ as king and ruler, and we following and leading behind him. In Revelation chapter 2, verse 26 says this, The one who conquers and who keeps my works to the end, I will give him authority over the nations. Meaning, Ultimately, nothing in this world can overcome us because it belongs to our Father. And therefore, it belongs to his kids, his heirs. See, God has defeated the enemies of the world. And they, in turn, are defeated before us as well. Now, as you hear this, and you hear the second point about the world and the nations, it may sound a little bit abstract for us. You may even start thinking to yourself, well, I have trouble trying to keep my household and my daily affairs in order. How can I even th- begin to think about inheriting the world? But what this means for us practically is actually a joyous truth. 
See, this means that all that is in the world has no power to control or to dictate our joy. The turmoil that we experience in our personal life or that we see in the world around us does not have final victory. And some of us wake up in the morning feeling that way, as if the world has already conquered us. How am I going to lead my family? I don't know what to do with my kids. I don't know where God is leading me. But God has already overcome the world. The victory belongs to God. God is establishing his kingdom. And as his heirs, we get to rule alongside him in the kingdom. So we have inherited the nations because they belong to our Father. We can then identify as those who belong to this victorious kingdom. The next part of our inheritance, our third point that we inherit is God. And I want to leave that there real quick. We inherit God. We inherit our Father. This is the greatest inheritance of all. Psalm 73 says this, Who do I have in heaven but you? And I desire nothing on earth but you. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart, my portion forever. Listen, I know it's a psalm, but this is not just a line of a song. It's not just beautifully written poetry. This is a truth about our inheritance. What else do we have? What else should we desire if not God? Lamentations 3, 24 says, I say, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will put my hope in him. How's that for being a child of God? We don't have to look anywhere else. It is God who is our portion. God is our inheritance. And therefore, I have to look nowhere else. Because we are his inheritors, we inherit God as our portion. He is our treasure. He is what we're called to desire. We are the children of God who enjoy the hope and beauty that is found in God. And I'll return to this point again in just a few minutes. But the truth of the matter is, church, The truth is, about our inheritance, it's that it's life-changing. It's eternity-changing. See, I no longer have to strive for what the world may offer me. We no longer have to be the people who forsake our families, who forsake our friends, who forsake our community, all just to get ahead and satisfy our selfish desires. For in God, we have been given all that we need. God is our portion. God is our desire. God is our treasure. And leads me into our fourth point. If in God we have all that we need, that it includes from this life and into the next, our fourth point is that we, are re- we, have, we inherit redeemed and glorious bodies. 
Romans chapter 8 says this, the Spirit himself testifies together with our spirit that we are God's children. And if children, also heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. This one's a little bit more difficult to hear. But the truth of the matter is that our inheritance includes the path of Christ. See, we may suffer in this world, but what we have inherited is greater than our present sufferings. As his inheritors, we will be glorified alongside him. See, he called us to this. This is what he purposed, and he knew exactly what he wanted to do, for this was his plan all along. Chapter 8 in Romans continues on to say, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. And those he called, he also justified. And those he justified, he also glorified. See, we can hope in what Christ does presently and what he will do eternally. As God's children, we know and understand how he can bring healing to our lives and bodies through the power of his Holy Spirit. And we can also hope that we have inherited new glorified bodies. We can live as children who know that our God has the power to heal. Many of us wake every morning thinking about the pain that we go through, that we wish that we were just relieved of. And we pray and we hope. And some of us have experienced that hope and joy. Some of us have experienced that healing, both of the body and of our spirit. But ultimately, all of us can rejoice in the fact that as his heirs, as his children, we inherit redeemed and glorified bodies. See, this is God's plan that we would receive such an inheritance. As his kingdom kids, his heirs, we receive the benefits of salvation. We receive and inherit the world. We receive and inherit God himself. And we receive and inherit redeemed and glorified bodies. Now in turn, and in light of this, we can better understand the significance of our inheritance. What does this all mean? What does this signify for our lives? Well, as kids in God's glorious kingdom, these are the benefits of living under his rule and reign. See, these are the gifts we get to enjoy of our Father's house. This is what's included in our inheritance. And all of this, then, should lead us to rejoice and to worship the Lord. That we'd be filled with joy in the experience of all that he has given and enabled in us. Colossians 1 says it this way. May you be filled with joy, always thanking the Father 
He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. <laughs> we are to be filled with joy. We are to be filled with thanks. Why? Because of the inheritance that belongs to his people. His inheritors. We are his kingdom kids. After all, this is what we were predestined to according to his wonderful and glorious plan. And church, because he predestined it and because it was according to his goodwill, well then this inheritance is safe. The kingdom inheritance cannot be stolen or destroyed. Whatever affliction or peril that you experience in a daily life, whatever goes on in your day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, nothing can steal your inheritance. It is secure. Just as it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, blessed be the Father, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that's imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. See, he works it out. He keeps it safe all according to his perfect will. Nothing can thwart it. This was his plan from long ago. This is why we so often recite and quote, and some of us post on Instagram and Facebook, Romans 8, verses 28 and 29. We know, all, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. See, not only is our inheritance secure, but we also don't have to earn it. In fact, we must also know and recognize that we can't earn it. See, we're no longer the people who strive to gain everything we think that we ever wanted. Instead, along with Christ, who's the firstborn among us, brothers and sisters, this is also our birthright as a kingdom kid. Nothing can change the position that our faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Christ puts, put us in. Our position as children of God, heirs of our Holy Father. Nothing and no one can change that. This reminded me of myself and as I was speaking about my father. See, throughout my childhood, nothing really changed regarding my position in my father's house. I, I experienced an overwhelming kindness from my parents. What belonged to my father, he would freely give to me. In other words, if I came up to him and asked him for $5 out of his pocket because I wanted to buy candy when I was a kid, he would give it. $20 when I was a teenager because I wanted to go to the movies with my friends, he would give it. In fact, even handing down the old family Honda Civic when I finally got my driver's license, he gave it. But as I've grown older, 
And as my father has dealt with sickness the last couple of years, years, one thing or a couple of things ring true to me about my position as my father's kid. See, the only thing I care for that I desire to have above the things that my father would give him is my father himself. He's greater than any of the gifts or positions he could ever afford me as his son. And secondly, and furthermore, knowing the pain that I put my parents through in my late teens and early adult years, I've experienced an even greater knowledge of my position in my father's house. Because even in light of all that, even of all the pain that I may have caused him, I know that not only is he my dad, but nothing will ever change the fact that I am his son. And that was true from day one. He, didn't, he held me in his arms and he said, you are my son. I didn't have to earn it. I didn't have to achieve anything. He knew that everything that he would allot me, the way that he wanted me to grow and to honor God was because he loved me, because I was his son. See, it isn't about what we do. It isn't, our inheritance isn't about us. It's about God. It's about his glory. And in turn, we receive the good because of it. His inheritance is about him. See, the kingdom kid walks in the confidence that we find our inheritance in God and that we, also, we are also God's inheritance. We are his beloved possession. In fact, our, our inheritance is not just a, a mere metaphor for all that we will find in eternity. But it's also the very power and presence of God to live this life as children of God. See, we, we cannot dismiss inheritance because of what we think that it may or may not mean to us. See, some of us may never receive a dime of inheritance from our parents or relatives. Some of us may have never even experienced the benefit of our earthly father's house. But the inheritance defined by our father and his possession of us is priceless. Some of us reject the idea of inheritance because of who we are or who we think we've been. But inheritance isn't our doing. We inherit only by the grace and work of God. The Holy Spirit confirms that we are his children and that we are the very inheritance, the very possession of God. 1 Peter 2 says, but you, you, Reality of Ventura, our chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who's called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. For you once were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy mercy. Church, it wasn't our doing. Once we weren't, and because of Christ Jesus, now we are. That we would declare his truth and bring him the glory. That all that we have received would cause us to rejoice because this is what he planned according to his good will. That we would enjoy and glorify him. I love the way that John Piper puts this. He says this. This is our great inheritance. 
the Lord himself. Oh, how we need to cultivate a great taste for him and his fellowship. If he's not precious to you, what a stranger you are to your inheritance. If you love his gifts, think on how wonderful the giver must be. And think what an insult it is to take a gift from someone's hand and delight in it more than you delight in the giver. God himself is our portion. We were made for him. And all the good things that he has made for us are meant to reveal more of him and send our hearts singing to God. As kingdom kids, we must see that there are two things that are happening here. First, that God is our portion. And secondly, that we are his possession. We are his inheritance. As I mentioned before, God is our very inheritance. He is our portion. And above all, he's the one whom our hearts should treasure. Psalm 16 says this, Lord, you are my portion and my cup of blessing. You hold my true, my future. Child of God, what our hearts desire, what they were made for was to enjoy our God and the fullness of his glory. (laughs) He's our treasure. He's our portion. And him is our future. This is our inheritance. We no longer have to be identified by the things we pursue. We don't longer have to be identified by maybe the families that we raise or the careers that we hope we would lead or, or wish that we led. No, we are identified as people whose portion is God, whose God leads our future. Ezekiel 44 says, This will be their inheritance. I am their inheritance. You are to give no possession in Israel. I am their possession. See, God knew exactly what his people needed. He knew from long ago what he would give us. He made us so that we would know and enjoy him. As Augustine of Hippo said in his book, Confessions, you have made us for yourself, O Lord. And our heart is restless until it rests in you. And through this, we also see that we are also God's possession as well. We too are his inheritance. We are his people that he bestows his perfect love upon. The second thing there is that we are his inheritance. In Ephesians chapter 1, a few verses down in verse 18, it says this. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you could understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. See, God is ours and we are his. We are are God's inheritance. The kingdom kid no longer has to seek approval of man and the love and affection of the world. We are the people he long ago planned to flood us with his love. A love that was demonstrated in the life of Christ. 2 Corinthians 6 says, I will dwell and walk among them and I will be their God 
and they will be my people. See, through Christ, we experience his love and adoption. We are the people he loves and will never abandon. Through the Holy Spirit, we experience God presently, here, now. He guides and protects those who are his. We are pleasing to God, pursued by God, and loved by God. We will experience this now and also in the future fullness of eternity. This is what God has planned. This is what he's bringing to fruition. As the second part of verse 11 says, because we were predestined according to the plan of the one who works out everything in agreement with the purpose of his will. See, Paul didn't need a filler for the second part of verse 11. What he's saying here is that we were once a people who pursued our own selfish desires. We desired to be loved and wanted. We desired to make our name for ourselves for all that we would do and accomplish. But this plan, the plan of God being our God and we being his people, him being our treasure and our portion was planned long ago. He predestined this according to his wonderful plan the purpose of his will. And ultimately, as scripture reminds us, but God. See, he planned something completely different than we were leading in our own lives. He planned something completely different long ago. His perfect plan was to rescue and redeem a people for himself. A people that would love and glorify him. A people that would enjoy in the awe and beauty of his presence. A people that he would also call his own. He is our God and we are his people. Jeremiah 32 says, They will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them integrity of heart and action so that they will fear me always for their good and for the good of their descendants after them. I will make a permanent covenant with them. I will never turn away from doing good to them. And I will put, my, put fear of me in their hearts so that they will never again turn away from me. I will take delight in them to do what is good for them. And with all my heart and mind, I will faithfully plant them in this land. This is a promise from God, church. God has called us to be his kingdom kids. And as he has called us his children, he's also called us his heirs. That, we, that he would be our God and that we would be his people. We don't have to fear the world and the perils of this life. We don't have to worry about what tomorrow holds. For we are under and in God's perfect plan. This is what he has purposed. So instead, let us rejoice in our inheritance. Let us give glory to the God who deserves praise. Why? Because our inheritance is in him.
He is our God, and we are his people. Lord, thank you. God, this passage isn't something we just gloss over in Ephesians 1. It's not just a part of all these verses. God, there is truth there. There is a promise there of who you say we are, of what, Lord, you have given us. Lord, you've given us of yourself. (laughs) You're our inheritance, God. You're our hope, God. And you have planned this out perfectly. God, you have chosen and predestined us according to your good will. And so I pray, Lord, I ask you this morning that that truth would be upon our hearts and minds. God, that we would walk as kingdom kids and that we would walk as kingdom kids who are also heirs and inheritors. That we would walk as people who have been given the greatest inheritance of all and that is you, God. Thank you, Lord. (laughs) Thank you, God, for the blessing of the fact that you are our portion and that we your possession. Church, I was reminded this morning as I prayed the great opportunity that we have to respond. Yes, we get to respond this morning in praise, but we also get to respond in communion. We get to remember, and the reason, the reason that we have inheritance is because of Christ Jesus, because of the death on the cross, the blood that he bore, the body that was beaten, and we could remember him as we partake in communion this morning. This morning, we could come to the carpets and ask the Lord the things that we're still holding on to. Maybe we have yet to see ourselves as kingdom kids. Maybe we have yet to receive the full inheritance that is found in Christ Jesus. Today, we have the opportunity to come to the carpets and to be with our Lord, to speak to our Lord. And then to my left and to my right, we have the opportunity to come together and to pray. The prayer team wants to pray with you. We want to call out to God together, for we are, as it said, brothers and sisters in this kingdom, seeking God, that ultimately he would be glorified and that it would be for our good. Church, let's worship him this morning.